Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. The Three Down Greencast is brought to you by the Pile of Bones Brewing Company. New tap room now open at Sass Drive and Cameron in Regina. Welcome to the Three Down Greencast. Joel Gasson with John Fraser as usual. And uh, we're recording a little sure. later as we normally do in this week as, uh, of course... My co-host had to uh, come down from the high he learned earlier this week. No, nothing about the Winnipeg Blue Bombers has him high right now. But the man, the myth, the legend, the kicker himself. Sergio. Sergio Castillo has been named a CFL West Division All-Star. I can't believe it. It's amazing, isn't it? I love it. I, I love that, like... My random, most random favorite player in the CFL is an all-star. And I tweeted you about this. Does my love for him count as a good take, finally? I don't know. We're going to need some, like, outside judgment on this one. Because, (laughs) in my opinion, it's not a take. It just means you like the guy. You didn't ever say, he's a great kicker. You just liked him because of his name, essentially. Um. <laughs> and, 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 and what he did briefly in Winnipeg during the time that Justin Medlock was injured. Yes, that is. But well. also, but you, but I, you never, you never came in and said anything about he was going to have a good year, or you're expecting big things from him this year. It was just you like Sergio when we when he signed with BC, which I believe he signed with BC a little late. We were did. just, we were all really just concerned if he was going to get out of camp or not, let alone become an all star. <laughs> but now he's out of camp. He's an all-star, and he has cemented himself, and I think there are two things we need to convince Justin Dunk to let us do next year. Mm-hmm. One, an interview with Sergio when the BC Live. We missed our opportunity this year, but we need to interview Sergio for the podcast Yes, we, yes, we, we next year. As a rule, we generally do not interview players on this program, but yes. rules are meant to be broken, and it would definitely be broken for Sergio. Sergio. And the other one, too... Our trade deadline can coverage running concurrent to whatever we do on Three Down Nation of me and you just sampling different beers till we're completely shit faced at your house. Yes, yes, you you keep bringing that one up. Um, well, we'll we'll see. We'll have to see how that one goes. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Sergio interview, we know we just have to talk to friend of the show Ariel Zur, and you know I feel like she can make that one happen. The um, oh, that, that's that's as easy as picking up the phone, but I mean that's. That's still a lot of work. That's 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 <laughs> fair. You know, you gotta. Although I guess with the texting now, I just barely gotta move your fingers. But still, sounds like a lot to set up a place to record with Sergio, and then we both gotta be in the same place. Yeah, we probably and... gotta go somewhere because I assume the BC Lions probably aren't gonna give us his like Skype, whatever he uses for Skype or something like that to do it over the internet. So I mean, we probably we... have to meet somewhere in Regina where the Lions are here to do it, and it's just it's a whole thing. Uh, we got a, ooh, idea. Uh-oh. We go to Pile of Bones. Yeah. We we just, like, we don't tell him that he's having, you know, the double white IPA that's 8% the night before a game. We feed him a couple of those. 
Next thing you know, we get our Sergio interview. We have a lot of fun. And he is too drunk to kick well the next day. <laughs> but you don't want him to become a poor kicker, so he needs to stick around. No, you're right. You're right. I don't. And, that, that, and that's this. really the most important point of him becoming a CFL All-Star this year, is that pretty much assures that he will be back next year, which is good news for one John Fraser. Another year of Sergio. And Eric on Twitter, you know who you are. Keep sending that gift. <laughs> yes, every time we bring it up. I love it. I just love it whenever we tweet about Sergio. It's just, there are no words. It's just Eric on Twitter with the saxophone, John Ham Sergio. <laughs> it just makes my day every single time. Like, do you hear the happiness in my voice right now? That is how giddy I get. I can be having the shittiest day, and I see Sergio, the gif on Twitter. Boom, done. Yeah, and uh, other things that, of course, uh, make our day are uh, the Riders are in the West Final. And yes. they're, they practice today as we're recording on Friday. A little bit of uh, interesting news and notes to come out of that. Uh, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the MOP Awards. And uh, we're going to touch on uh, this weekend's semifinal games a little bit. But as usual, before we get to all that, uh, John, what is in the glass this week? I'm going to give you one guess, and I bet you you're going to get it right. Pile of Bones White IPA. Woohoo! Yes! Still drinking the sponsor beer that I picked up while, uh, yeah, I don't know if I have uh, disposable income beer money after the, all the fun I had in Regina. So, of course, going with the token beer, the Pile of Bones White IPA, I have, and it's funny, I thought to myself when I came home from your place with all this red ale, mm-hmm. this white IPA, I'm like, may, I've never had it in such a in such a quantity. Maybe I'll get sick of it. F, no, I haven't. It is still delicious. AF. To channel my inner fake game. Yes, who of course made his triumphant return to Twitter as uh, we discussed last week and as I broke on Twitter last week. That's right. You are basically a CFL fake rodent Twitter insider. Yes. that's It's, it's a very important job that I take very seriously. <laughs> uh, and what's in the glass for you, Cass? <laughs> Uh, for me, I'm. Uh, I decided to uh, step outside the box a little bit here, Ooh. as it's actually a trick. Is it's kind of two drinks in one. Mm. So if you ever in, and you might you might not be able to do this for much longer. But if you head down to the Rebellion Tap Room, or you ever want to just pick up a couple of uh, cans of these items to make it yourself, you can ask for what's called the Black Forest. Oh, what that is is you take some oatmeal stout, about two parts uh-huh. oatmeal stout, one part cherry mead. Mix them together in a glass, and you got kind of like a dark, chocolatey, roasty, cherry kind of thing. And it's uh, it's quite delicious. That sounds sexy AF. I am, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued now. I almost feel like I have to make a trip back down to Regina just to try that. But maybe that'll be like hour four of the, <laughs> like, John and Joel trade deadline specials. We just start mixing beers together and seeing how great we can make it. Well, and that's, that's one thing that a lot of people don't know is you can actually mix... You can actually blend beers together fairly well. A lot of the like different flavors do work pretty well together. Mm-hmm. Like I remember one summer, when a couple summers ago, when I was at Nokomis, and we had the they were mixing like their IPA and the Golden Ale with the sour they had at the time. Mm. Oh, delicious! That 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 sounds fantastic. So, but I, that doesn't work if like you're missing like if you're like combining a Lakeport, a Kokanee, and a Canadian, does it? No, the garbage on garbage on garbage doesn't make it good. <laughs> I think I can even throw up your mouth just a little bit there. <laughs> but yes, blending good beards with complimentary flavors is something I uh, I definitely recommend. The weirdest one I actually tried once is I took the Pile of the Bones peanut butter milk stout and 
mixed it with the cranberry sour. Ooh. It actually turned out a lot better because I was really worried that the sour was really going to come through. Yeah. Because I was like, this is going to be like sweet and sour, but not in a good way. I don't know. But I was like, I just got to try this one of these days. So I that's, did it, and then I, it actually turned out not bad. I told Nathan about it. He still wasn't really convinced. So <laughs> That is intriguing. I got to say, now I'm just like, can imagine the flavor profile that that would have. Like, mm-hmm. be all over the map, but it does sound tasty. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't bad. It wasn't like my favorite blend I've ever made, but it wasn't bad. Yeah. That'll be hour five of the John and Joel <laughs> trade deadline drink beer special that, because there's nothing going on the trade deadline. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, lots going on in Saskatchewan right now as uh, for the first time in 10 years, the Riders are hosting the West Final as they uh, survived is the only way to describe that game yeah. against the Edmonton Eskimos where they did just about everything humanly possible to lose that football game, um, but didn't, mostly thanks to uh, Jason Moss, who apparently wanted to lose that game even more than uh, the Riders wanted to win. So by right. keeping uh, by keeping the third string quarterback in the game for the final two series with the game on the line, so uh, Rider Nation to Jason Moss, we say thank you for that one. Of course, I think he deserves at least an edible arrangement <laughs> of edibles. Yes, yes, it might calm him down. Right? No, that make him a good. <laughs> that would make him a good coach. We don't want that. Just a normal edible arrangement. Yes, perhaps, and make sure like the sticks are like really bolted in those, so we can only pick the fruit off. That's that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it, it's been long enough. That game's been beaten to death. There isn't really a whole lot to say about it other than it was trash and they somehow found a way to win. And that's really all that matters is they get to host the West Final next weekend. Right. I, I, I think I texted you that night. I don't know if there's been a more ridery win no. than that football game. No, not at all. Like, like it just, it just, it looked like they were going to go and do what this team has done to its fans so many times, and just like break their hearts. And to be fair, now with Fajardo watch mm-hmm. probably cost themselves a playoff run because I don't know if he could go this week. But yeah, Cam Judge pulled it off in the end, and I think I could feel the wind pick up in Saskatchewan because every everybody finally <laughs> exhaled at the end of that. Yeah, and, and well, what's really funny is in that game. Despite everything, if Brett Lowther doesn't have, like, worse than a college kicker type oh, game, absolutely. despite all that, they win anyway without the pick six. So, yes. re- realistically, those four field goal misses were the only reason that was a game. If he makes those kicks, that's a blowout, and we're we're looking at it completely differently. And, 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 and honestly, I know lots of people all over Brett for that game. He's been a very good kicker mm-hmm. in his two years in Saskatchewan. Uh, I would rather see a guy shit the bed in that game I feel like I feel like I'd rather see a guy shit the bed there than potentially in the playoffs. Oh, one hundred percent. He's got it out of the way. He's got his shanks out of the way. And and again, a couple of those, like I feel like like Well and, and one of, of one of them I don't Yeah, and one of them for sure I don't put on him is after he had missed two in a row and yeah. Craig Dickinson rolled him out there for the fifty four yarder. Right. And I was like, I don't know if I like this. I'm like, I, I, I get I appreciate that he's showing confidence in his kicker, even though he had missed two in a row prior. Yeah. But he has clearly doesn't quite have it today. And you're putting him out there on a, on a long field goal on a cold day where it's already hard to kick. It, did, it That just felt like a recipe for disaster. I'm not saying they should have punted. They should have gone for the first down. But nonetheless, that's 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 the only one. The, the other three, yeah, yeah, that sucks. And like you, I'm, I didn't even really mention like I brought it up in my post game column obviously that he missed and yeah. that made a big difference in the game 
But Brett Lowther has proven to be reliable over his last two years. Everyone has bad games. It, just, it happened at a wrong time. Yeah. Now, if it becomes a trend, then you have a concern. But, I mean, it's just it's one game that really killed his percentage for the year, unfortunately. So now it looks like yeah. he was just a horrible kicker all year when really it was just one game at the end of the season that sunk his entire season. Good yeah, thing exactly. he wasn't named the Ryder Special Teams Player uh, nominee the week before that game. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. And, 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 okay, total aside for a minute. Can we all discuss the fact that the Riders tweeted out, welcome to Coffin Corner with John Ryan? Eesh. Like, yeah. that was, I don't know who does the Riders socials these days. I don't know. But that was terrible. Like, like saying welcome to Boomtown or something, because obviously, again, John Ryan can kick the piss out of a football. Mm-hmm. But welcome to Coffin Corner? Like, come on. Like, yeah. uh, I, I, the social's been good all year. That one, eh. Yeah, that one didn't quite hit the mark. Like John Ryan trying right. to punt below the numbers. Um. <laughs> right. <laughs> so the interesting thing going on, of course, this week is, uh, well, not much because the writers didn't do anything until today where they were allowed to practice. So they had one practice during uh, this bye week ahead of the Western yep. final next week. And, of course, uh, all eyes were then on uh, Cody Fajardo and what he may or may not do. And it turns out other than throw a wiffle football, which I didn't even know existed. I thought those only existed in like right? baseball form. Uh, right. he, he didn't really do a whole lot. And I don't think that's overly concerning. I don't think it's overly alarming. And it's not overly surprising. This was probably right. a bit of a lighter workout. They're not really game planning. They're not really installing anything at this point. It was more kind of loosen up, shake out the cobwebs, you know, just get into that football groove a little bit again before uh, you really get into the nitty gritty next week. So there wasn't really a whole lot of incentive whether he was good to go or not today really to put Cody Fajardo on that field and put him through the rigors yet. Right, and, and and you're absolutely right. And and there's no sense risking it. To me, I'm even surprised. I, I, I think it's a positive sign that Fajardo was even out there, although be it, again, just throwing a wiffle football, which I'm suddenly intrigued to see what that looks like. <laughs> but, but it's a good sign that he was even out there because to me, if Fajardo was genuinely hurt or genuinely needing extra rest. The Riders, and and they've proven this year that they are a well-coached, smartly coached team. Mm-hmm. The Riders would have told them to stay at home. Yes. They would have told them, put your feet up. It's a bi-week practice. It's the first one back. You know this playbook. Go home. Relax. Get better. So the fact that, you know, he's even willing to go out in, and, and, and for anybody that may listen to us outside of Saskatchewan, it was pretty friggin' miserable the past couple days here. Cold, rainy, wet, damp. Not the kind of atmosphere that a guy like, I know if I had a pulled muscle and you asked me to go outside and throw a, a wiffle football around, like. Well, they practiced lot, inside at Everest Place. So. Ah, there's. But still, if you asked me with a pulled oblique muscle or back muscle or whatever to get out of bed. Potentially a torn to, one, even. We don't even know for sure yet what it is. Exactly. I wouldn't. I, I, I wouldn't. It is a, not a thing that would happen. I mean, I haven't had a serious injury for a while. Tore my hamstring once playing slow pitch, and that's a whole other story for another day. But uh, needless to say, you wouldn't be getting me out of bed. So it's a good thing to see him out there. It's a good thing to to just see him out doing some light activity. You got to think if it was a serious tear, there's no way he's out there, and he, there's no way you know he's undergoing anything. So it's a good sign. He insists he's going to play. Yeah, I, th- I thought that was really interesting that – Normally, after games, injured players don't speak to the media. 
Mm-hmm. And that, so I don't know if this was an idea the organization had to put that, you know, kind of put that to bed or put that idea out there or get the talking point going, kind of start playing the games in the media a little bit ahead of the playoffs. Right. Or if he just happened to be around and the media saw him and, saw him and obviously that was like, oh, because he wasn't, he like, he wasn't trot, trotted out to the podium like the quarterback normally is. He was just in the locker room. So I guess at that point, if they're not going to shut him down, then I guess he's allowed to talk, but... It still was it so so still this interesting media games that thought were at play a little bit there. Well, but you and I both know, and and maybe this is again as we've mentioned now, friend of the show Ariel is over for for the second time. Um, we both know the previous writer media regime would basically, you know, even if Cody was standing at a Seven Eleven and he was within earshot and you tried to talk to him about anything, you would be absolutely shot down. I'm I'm assuming that Ariel doesn't have the same philosophy, but I still have. She probably still has the same mandate to make sure that Cody's not talking when he shouldn't be. Right. So, I take it as a very good sign that nobody stepped in and said, "Hey, you need to shut up right now." Yeah, I mean that that's that's certainly fair. It was yeah, it was just it was an interesting thing that I was driving home from the game, listening to the Green Zone. It's like, oh, you hear from Cody Fajardo coming up, and I was like. Yeah, that's right? that's unusual, but okay. I mean, I'll I'll take it. But I but yeah. I mean, and it's also smart. I get it. Like if he's in there and he's willing to talk, I mean, he's allowed to say no, but he's willing to talk. Then you know, you basically you get that sound bite out there, whether it's true or not. And given the way things are run within this organization right now in terms of football ops, I'm willing to believe it as truthful because Craig Dickinson, Jeremy O'Day, and Cody Fajardo have all been very truthful about everything in their entire time here. Yeah, and Craig Dickinson basically admitting to a fault that he just can't lie, so he just yeah does what he does, right? So, so yeah, yeah. So that's really the big question right now in Saskatchewan is will Cody Fajardo play in this game? He says he will. The practice will tell the tale next week, no matter whether we get into the coaches' games with the media or not. I don't feel like it's going. It's not going to be like before the. 2014, yeah, 2014 playoff game where the Riders lost after when Darian Durand, they trotted him out after missing most of the season with that torn elbow. Right, yes, and I then, remember and that, And yeah. Corey Chamberlain started playing the games and whether he would or wouldn't play, and there was never a chance he was actually going to play in that game, but they no, wanted to make that storyline just a thing to try and get people talking about it and maybe distract uh, the other team a little bit, but uh, obviously it didn't work because they lost. And right. <laughs> so I, I don't expect any of that. Could there be a little bit of gamemanship? Sure, especially if Dave Dickinson's on the other side. Yeah, there might be a little bit of gamemanship, but for the most part, I think it's going to be pretty straightforward how this is handled compared to the way it maybe had been in the past. Well, absolutely, and and I think last week's game was was proof. I think Isaac Harker has the potential to be a good quarterback in the CFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, to steal the old you know conservative campaign ad from you know two elections ago, <sighs> Isaac Harker, he's just not ready. They rolled that out a little bit early on in this election as well. Oh, this election was just yeah. a dumpster fire, and I never oh, want yeah. to speak of it again. Yeah, that's fair. None of us, <laughs> none of us really do, um, and not because of the outcome, just because of how awful everyone was. So, oh, <laughs> let's, yeah, so let's get that clear. Worse. We're not, we're not doing like the whole Western alienation bit here. Like this is actual. Everyone sucked. Exactly. Um. <laughs> just, it was, it was just a dumpster fire all around. It was like some of, it was like some of the like like one win football teams you've seen. It was just a shit show that nobody wants to talk about ever again. We're gonna pretend it didn't happen. Yeah, it's basically if we had to watch Rutgers play Northwestern or something. Exactly. And it's just like the Tino Sinceri era. Didn't happen. <laughs> Did not happen. Ever. 
<laughs> Except that one game in Ottawa where everything went horrifyingly wrong and everything changed. I'll never forget I, that night. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Um, some people may not forget uh, last week where the Riders clinched the West Final, especially with the uh, Cam Judge interception, kind of one of those memorable moments. Uh, but a little bit of a talking point since that has been uh, the number of tickets that were sold to right. that football game, 29,156, uh, making it one of the smaller games of the year and lots of talk uh, afterwards. Uh, some people, for some reason, weren't surpri- were not surprised sorry, that it wasn't sold out. And... Yeah, it just—I don't understand this thinking. Like, oh, you know, why wasn't it sold out? Why couldn't it be sold out? You know, I'm surprised. Like, really? Have have you really not been paying that close of attention to? And this, and we, before we get into this, yes, I want to make sure that we were very clear. I know we've talked about attendance on this program before. Is yeah. that this is not a shot at Rider fans? It's not a shot even oh, at Saskatchewan. It's absolutely not, not. Not even a shot at the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. This is a trend across basically all of professional sports that needs to be dealt with by every team, every league, and every you know, arena management group across this continent, essentially. So yes. this is not, this is, you know, I'm not here. I'm not trying to dump on the riders saying this is all their fault. I'm not, you know, this, this is the atmosphere that we're in right now. Yeah. Well, and, and anybody that, that, that read your article today on three down nation, you know, you can see it's one of the few times that somebody's openly talked about low attendance at the game without placing blame. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of hot takes in this province about you should be there. You're not a real fan if you're there. And and if anybody hasn't read it, let me just say say as an aside, go read Joel's article. It comes from the point of perspective that I think so many of us have hit. It's not preaching. It's not taking some shitty take and preaching at you that you should be at the game because you're not a real Ryder fan. It it's it raises good points with with understanding and empathy. Right. It's not the same bullshit you see when. So many people talk about people not going to rider games, right? So I just mm-hmm. I wanted to get that out there too, Joel. I was I I thought it was great what you wrote today. Yeah, because I, I think this you know, we we it's expensive to go to games now, and yeah. it's and the CFL is even on the cheaper end compared to some other sports out there. Yes, and you can't you can't come at me and say, oh well, the Heritage Classic was sold. Well, yeah, but that was a spectacle that was a one-time event that probably won't be here again. If it does, maybe right. in another 10, 15 years or something, it might be back. Absolutely. So that's the kind of thing people are willing to shell money out for, absolutely. And there's a lot of travelers for that. There's a whole whack of reasons as to why that sold out. As you important, couldn't get a hotel room or a cab. Obviously, people no. traveled for that event. I know you couldn't get a cab because I had to drive you to the damn stadium. So for that, again, <laughs> you are you are an effing saint for that. So yeah, as as important as that game was, and as big as that game was in terms of the context of the season, it was still one game out of a guaranteed ten football mm. games a year in this province. CFL football games in this province. Yes, and we are at a time now where because going is so expensive, and a friend of the show, Fernand on Twitter, brought up the point. We're to responding to the article that traveling fans are also very expensive now too because yes. gas isn't cheap, flying isn't cheap. For some reason, the train just isn't a thing out here. Like there's just all these other factors. So fans aren't traveling as much to games, so that obviously hurts attendance. And then there's all the other factors of cost of to get in, cost of everything when you get in, cost of parking if you can get it. The whole shebang it just becomes a thing where even if this game is so important and this is a game of historical importance because the Riders have an opportunity to host the West Final for the first time in ten years and only the third time since 1976. I mean that's really cool and great and all, but it's still one game out of ten, and I don't really think performance and importance 
really affect attendance all that much anymore. I think people who aren't the hardcore season ticket holders that have tickets to every single game regardless, pick if the schedule comes out at the start of the year, they pick one, maybe two games that they're going to go to. And unless there's a screaming deal that comes across their way, they're yep. unlikely to sway from those. Well, and and that's absolutely it. It's things are, are tougher than they've ever been. And I think even I was I was musing to you before the podcast that if Winnipeg wins, I might make the trip down in, in a perfect condition day trip where I have a friend of mine that can drive my super fuel efficient Nissan vehicle. Shameless plug. That's right. Shameless <laughs> plug for the brand I work for. Um, drive my drive my rogue down there, drive it back, and basically be gone from the city for twelve hours, right? But it's it's mm. still it, it's one of those things too. I, I think it was uh, somebody brought it up on Twitter about the fact that you know kids have youth sports and and family engagements and everything like that. You're right. You are picking and choosing what you're going to now. You nailed it right there, Joel. And the thing that I found interesting was I was I try not to I try not to read the comment sections whenever you have a take that I agree with but is generally controversial because it's generally a a swamp and a dumpster fire. But the thing that surprised me was outside of one person who couldn't even spell clickbait right, the responses on both Facebook and on the website were very supportive of your idea. And and, and let's face it, I could tweet right now that that... I could send out a tweet right now that says Hamilton fans are better than Ryder fans. And I guarantee you my mentions would be blown up on Twitter for the rest of the night. Like oh, I, for like I, a week, I, yeah. For a week. It would, and, and, and it would be stupid. And, and people would be complaining to Global and CTV and Three Down Nation. Um, but the fact is that you were able to empathize and say, yeah, I see why you're not coming out. And I can't blame you for it. No, And, and, then as, and see... as I said, as a guy who gets to go for games for free and gets to sit inside, it would be very hypocritical yeah. of me to say, you should be spending money on this football team. Well, and, and that's exactly <laughs> it. You have people out there that do that. You have two or three media personalities in this province that sit up on their high horse, they get into the games for free, they get to talk to the players, they get to sit in for free, all sorts of promo stuff because of their credentials, and you're talking down to the average guy that's probably making, that's that's having a tough time because maybe he went through a layoff or a shutdown, you're preaching to him that he's not a real Ryder fan because he chooses to sit at home. Get the frick off your high horse. Thank you for not having people Mickey beat. me edit there. You're welcome. <laughs> I was really worried something was going to drop there. <laughs> There's basically one word on this podcast that we censor, and that was I thought that one was coming out. <laughs> it was, it was, I'm not going to lie, Gas. I love you enough that I was thinking of that as the F noise started coming out of my mouth. But yeah. again, and you raised so many good points. I look at myself for this weekend's game. I'm going to be with family, and it's a celebration of uh, Connor's first birthday. And same thing pick up a case of beer order some pizza order some cake for the little dude and sit down and watch the football games this weekend in glorious high definition which, yeah, and, and, as you br- and, brought up in your article yeah that's I the thing like, for we, the internet yeah you pay for everyone pays everyone's paid pretty good money for a big tv at home now everyone yeah, pays absolutely. pretty good money for a cable package and or screaming fast internet if you can get it yes so i'm already spending like you know 200 dollars a month on this entertainment package plus i paid a grand for this tv well, exactly. Why do I need to drop another grand to go to a bunch of football games? Well, you know? and, and 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 that is exactly it. And we can talk about moving the season up for the warmer weather. We can talk about you know. And I've really come around that I don't think the weather affects it as much as we think it might. 
I, I, okay, as, as, as a dad, I would say it does. Well, it does, it does in certain circles, and it does at times. But I think yes. overall, the weather as the excuse is secondary to how dang expensive it is now. Well, no, you're dang expensive. You're doing Thursday night games. You're doing Friday night games. You're doing Saturday night games, which makes it tough for the rest of the province to travel, right? Like, mm -hmm. I want to take the boys to football games. I love football. Mm -hmm. But when I look at my entertainment options here in the city, um, there's a Saskatoon Blades game that's coming up, I believe, on maybe on the day of the West Final. If I'm here in the city, I'm going to go to that because it's at 2 in the afternoon and it's not friggin' cold outside, right? Um, so I do think you lose a little bit of the families because of the mm -hmm. weather. No, no, that, that's entirely fair, yeah. Right, I can't imagine taking, like, I, I, I can't take my one-year-old to a game when it's cold. That's just, no. it's, and taking my, and taking Max, who's four, to a game when it's cold, damn near impossible, right? Yeah. He would not have of course, a good yeah. time. So, I, I do But you think can still, little... when it's cold, you can still scrounge up enough of everyone else who at least has teenagers and... Every right. other type, every other family, every other fan that doesn't have young kids, or maybe one spouse stays home and watches the kids while the other goes to the game. Whatever, right? There's, I think there's enough right. of that, even when it's cold, that people will go. And if we people have proven in the past that they'll go when it's cold, yeah. there just needs to be better incentive for them to go to a game. Right, and and it, it's going to be a very interesting thought experiment, I think, coming in the, in the coming years as it becomes mm -hmm. easier to watch in high definition. And you and I have brought up all the issues. Uh, and you specifically mentioned that, and I'm a big advocate of this as well. If I still had to pay the same ticket price to go to a Ryder game or Rush game or, or Huskies game or whatever, if I still had to pay the same ticket price, I'd be okay with that if I could walk in and know that I could grab a $4 beer and buy a $2 hot dog. Mm -hmm. And this is exactly what the Atlanta Falcons in the NFL are doing. Now yeah. you have the, and, they're, and, they're, and the soccer team they use the same stadium, the same price, and they they had essentially the same pricing for the Super Bowl there last year too, I believe. Which is remarkable. Or, and or, I think they were I think they were pushed into it a little bit by the city. I think that was kind of part of right. the financing deal was that they did this. Yes. Now the the thing I find interesting as well is now you have the other approach, which appears, despite the fact that the Edmonton Eskimos were not a very good football team this year. The fact that you had kids get in free days and, you know, cheap party sections, they brought all that back, right? Yeah. And again, you can do that at Commonwealth easier oh, than you can do it anywhere because there's a bazillion seats at Commonwealth. Yeah. Well, and it was in but, a specific section, like kind of in the end zone, like the party, like the $20 general admission ticket was like in that open end zone, basically. So Right. But it's, yeah. just, it's the same thing I'll never forget when the Saskatchewan Rush got rid of their general admission section that you could buy at a co-op gas bar. Yeah. There was a ton of backlash, mm -hmm. right? And I and it's just it's interesting to me, you know, that teams are now. I think you do see a couple teams, you know, Edmonton being one, the Rush being another, that are starting to get it. That are starting to get okay. We need to start. We need to start being, you know, proactive instead of reactive here. Mm -hmm. And I just hope, like, like again, I, I've looked at riders' tickets, and I've said this exactly on the podcast. Like the fact that you can't get into that barn outside of Pill Place, which Again, you're not taking a family to Pill Place. You're not. Well, you have to. I think you have to be 19 to get in there, anyway. Well, that's exactly it. Like, like the fact that outside of that, you're paying 50 bucks for a ticket and the nosebleeds. Yeah. Is is absurd. And add on that the cost, the cost, the cost. Right. So, I understand, and I've always understood people that want to stay at home, mm -hmm. and I support that. You're right. I think it's tougher than ever to take your kids to a game, but I, you are. Teams need to get on this 
or there's going to be some very empty stadiums coming up very soon. You're a generation away from nobody going to these games because I, I even mentioned it, uh, our general manager at work, he's in his mid-50s. I said to him, we were talking about this, actually, while watching the game last Saturday, and I said to him, I said, Rob, what did it cost for your dad to take you to a game back in the day? It was a cost him five bucks. Yeah. Which, again, might be, you know, adjust for inflation, blah, blah, blah. It might be closer to 15, 20 bucks. But it shouldn't be costing you, like, like Max is four. And I'd have to pay for a full-price ticket for him. And he's not gonna, bucks he's, a pop. And he's not going to really remember it anyway. No. He barely remembers the one game he went to last year when I got in him in at two years and 11 months. Like, it just, it's, it's, it's nobody, nobody's going to be thinking of the long-term game. And ultimately, that is going to be the doom of all pro sports across North America. Yeah, that's that's entirely fair. So we're gonna we're gonna take a sh- bit of a shift here now. We're gonna go away from uh, the Riders because they obviously aren't playing this weekend, right? And but there are games, and they're games of uh, significance. And uh, it's the Eastern and Western semifinal. Uh, we'll start in the East because that's the first game of the day. Uh, we saw yep. the interesting note on Twitter today. The Alouettes uh, put out a tweet. They're pretty much uh, close to selling out the thing. The awesome. seats are available, so now they're unraveling some of the tarps, which is great news. So there's going to be an extra 1,600 tickets available for that game. Awesome. Which, side note, is why I never really felt that Montreal was in the same spot as Toronto or Vancouver. People love to like, kind of meld them together as like attendance problems in this league. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Quebec is football crazy. Quebec loves football. There's no question about it. Go look at the, you know, the number of players coming out of new sports. And uh, just in, even in the NCAA, the number of Quebecers that are around everywhere right, right now, insane. Quebec loves it. Montreal is a city, very much a front Unless we're talking about the Montreal Canadiens, very front-running city. Every yes. other team, you have to be winning for them. For if, if you're winning, they will show up and they will show up in droves. And Montreal had been so bad for so long that I really did not blame anyone for not going to those games anymore. Yes. And now that they are back, at least for this year, and hopefully into the future, because I think a healthy Alouettes franchise is very important to the CFL, so they can continue to make inroads in Quebec, because I really don't think they're doing enough there as a league, but that's a whole other issue. Yes. And so that that's all that is amazing. And if they keep winning and they keep being successful for you a few years, you are going to see... The people in Montreal come back, and the narrative around them is going to completely change, unlike success has not really helped the Lions or the Argos. Right, and, and you're absolutely right. I am, I'm thrilled to see that Montreal is back. Looks like a fun atmosphere when you're well, selling are, out play. Games are amazing there, yeah. Oh, and, yeah, and, I, and, and never... the best scenery in the CFL, the backdrop of the city, because you're the, yeah. the city of the century on top of a hill. So you can see so much from the stands. It's just it's a beautiful place to watch. The stadium's a bit of a dive, a little rundown, but it's kind of the charm of it too a little bit. But the yeah. scenery for the football game there is amazing. It is one of only two – well, pardon me now that the Toronto – now that TFC has moved, it's down to uh, four CFL cities I, I have not uh, not been to. Um, and by TFC moving, I mean the Argos moving yes, to play where TFC does. Um, <laughs> I would love to see it. I love seeing that they're back. Mm-hmm. I think Edmonton is going to get the. It, it, I think Edmonton is going to get the doors blown off in this oh, one. Easily. I think Montreal is a is a better football team. Mm-hmm. I think Jason Maz, all all jokes about edibles aside, I think he's a terrible coach and he's going to be very much exposed in this game. 
And I, I think this is going to be a laugher for Montreal. Montreal is a tough place to play mm-hmm. when they're putting asses in seats, and that's what they're doing. And it's and, hard for West teams to go there. It's hard for West oh, teams to go absolutely. there. Oh, absolutely. And the crossover, it's always – unless you have a real – like normally when you see the crossover, you're expecting it's a lopsided year. I honest, I think that Montreal is a far better team than Edmonton. Edmonton's beat mm-hmm. up on the cupcake teams. Montreal took a bit to, to get there, figure out who they are, who, who their identity is, who Kari Jones is as coach. I mean, got to think, Jones was basically start, named the coach the night before the season started. Yeah. Right? The emer- emergence of Vernon Adams, this one should be a laugher. I, I can't see Edmonton winning this game. Me neither. Montreal should win. Um, they probably don't even. They can probably army style it and not even throw the football and win this game. I think because Edmonton <laughs> is not great against the run, and William Standback's one of the best in the league if he's playing. So it should Montreal should win pretty easily, which I think will set up an interesting Eastern final if it goes yes. that way. Because as good as Hamilton is, they've had a little bit of you know it's been close between them and Montreal, and I think. There, there's, there's potential there, let's say. I'm not willing to go on the line saying Hamilton's going to lose just yet, but there's potential for an upset there, I think, which would make could make a, for a very interesting rematch 10 years later. Josh, <laughs> Smith, Josh Smith might stone-cold stunner you for saying that. He might, he might. I'm not, I, there's a potential. I think if somehow Edmonton wins this game, there is no chance that they go into Hamilton and win. So <laughs> No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. So yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think it's Montreal. Um, I'm not sure what the spread is, but I'm gonna be willing to bet that they cover whatever that is. I would agree. Yeah. Uh, so the Western semifinal is, of course, in Calgary for the first time in a while. There used to the West final being in Calgary, but this year the West semifinals in Calgary, and they get the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in that game. And this is also kind of an interesting one too. I you know I, I think Calgary is going to ultimately end up winning this football game. But there's an interesting storyline that develops here. If, if the Bombers do win this game, I think that'll be four wins in a row for Zach Caleros against Calgary. Like, interesting. Is that, is that he's, he's had at least two of them in a row? Because I know he won. He won the game for the Riders late last year, and then he beat yes. Calgary with Winnipeg like last two weeks ago, right? Yes. So. That is potentially interesting for his future prospects at a job, especially if a Western team is looking for a quarterback to have around. If he could be like a hired gun, basically to take down the Calgary Stampeders. Right, right, and and I think too that that the weather is is going to be very much in in the favor of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, mm-hmm. who are going to have Andrew Harris, who it doesn't sound like Chris Traveler is going to play from early indications now on Friday. No, there's some um, reports I'm seeing he might have a broken foot. Yeah, Darren bombing at a TSN, yeah. and Darren's an extremely credible source and great mm-hmm. human being, right? Um, I I think though you still have Andrew Harris, you have Zach Caleros, who let's face it, in the he can cold at least weather, he, he can he can at least throw a football compared to Chris Traveler. Well, and and that's exactly it. He can throw, and he he completes. The criticism on on, on Zach Caleros is exactly what you want in a cold weather game. You want a guy that can just put it on the numbers short passes mm-hmm. make it all happen right yeah. and again his biggest flaw is he can't chuck it deep like he used to be able to do but you saw you know what was really interesting is you saw some you saw some really good escapability out of him in that game against calgary and the other thing mm-hmm. that fascinates me when was the last time a team played each other teams played each other three games in a row well calgary like, played bc but yeah but still it, this is yeah. like with a bit of something on the line too so it's just 
for Winnipeg, they're playing. They are playing Calgary for a third game in a row. It just it's. I can't think of the last time I saw that. It's no, it's, it's it doesn't weird. happen very often. It, I don't remember it. No, and and I don't know. I think I think if the weather is good and Bo Levi, because Calgary has no run game to speak of this year. No, none. I think if the weather is good and Bo Levi Mitchell can can get the ball to that deep receiving core that he's so good at doing. Obviously, Calgary is going to win this. But I think if the weather's crap, which it is currently forecast to be, it's forecast to be cold and miserable in Calgary uh, come Sunday. I think that plays right in the Bombers' hands. It it gives them an opportunity because, I mean, often we speak of weather as the great equalizer, right? Yeah, and I think it will be the great equalizer very much so. Not only great equalizer, I think it's very much in favor of Winnipeg. They have a physical defense. That's going to hurt a lot more getting hit like that. Calgary's not used to being in this spot. My pick, with bias, because, again, lifelong torture of being a bomber. <laughs> My pick, with extreme bias, because of the phrase reverse jinx, is the Calgary Stampeders, because I jinx everybody. I think we've talked about this before. Is it still the reverse jinx if, you've, if you're openly, purposely reverse jinxing someone? Fair enough. Okay, I think Winnipeg's going to win, but I'm doing everything with my terrible takes <laughs> to make sure that I put as much bad, 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 uh, uh, bad karma onto the Calgary Stampeders. Fair enough. Uh, for me, I am going to take the Calgary Stampeders. I think they're just a better football team that will that will find a way to win that game. I don't think it's going to be a pretty football game. I don't think it's going to be you know if you love offense, this is probably not going to be the game you're going to want to watch that closely. I mean, you should watch it because you should. But I right. I think this is going to be an ugly, typical Western playoff game. It's going to it's good for people like us who love football, who love you know hard nosed defensive football. I think this is going to be fun to watch. If you love guys just chucking downfield back and forth, you're probably going to call this game boring. Like that's that's kind of how I see this one going. I think, and that works in Winnipeg's favor a little bit more than Calgary's. But ultimately, yes. Bo's just going to find a way to get it done, and it'll set up just one hell of a West final. Or Bo will just, you know, collapse, which is what I'm hoping for. Just to, you know, Bo forget how to bow. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.